Hello, and welcome to episode 306 of the Extra Features podcast. Uh, this is a movie review podcast where most likely we are going to be spoiling the fuck out of these movies. <laughs> uh, I'm Doug, and with me, as always... is Simon, because I have nothing else to do in my life. <laughs> yes. So this is a nice early recording for us. It is, and uh, I will. I, you know what? Screw it. I'll tell people what I'm up to. You know what? I play okay. Pokemon Go, and I love Pokemon Go. I don't care if you hate my game or not. I'm Melvin two five eight hundred on Pokemon Go. If you want to add me, find me in the Pokemon Global group on Facebook. <laughs> I'll add you, no problem. Just remind me why I did this. But yeah, we have an in-person raid 11, so I had to get this thing up. So, Doug, I've been sitting yes. here lately, and it's Christmas season, I find on TV. Whenever I yeah. need something, I just need something light, because the last movie I watched just burnt me out, or just wasn't quite doing it for me. I go, my younger daughter loves Christmas movies, just loves them. So okay. we were home the other night, and we were watching uh, Cozy Christmas Inn. Starring Stephanie okay. from Full House, whoever her real name is. I don't remember, but Stephanie Is from that Full one of House. those Hallmark movies? Yes. My okay. daughter literally beat for beat told me it was going to happen. And I'm talking before the scene change. <laughs> I was dying. She's like, Dad, this is the part when they're going to kiss. I'm like, no, what? Kiss the next scene. This is the part where they're going to discuss how much she likes her. Boom, happened. I'm <laughs> like, this is insane. Well, they have a He's formula, and it works for them. The formula is perfect. So I'm getting all excited. I think I found one that might break the formula. I found out where stars of yesteryears go to die. <laughs> I have a film with Elizabeth Hurley coming up. Uh, Kelsey Grammer and Billy Ray Cyrus are my cast. Oh, wow. I'm like, oh, Elizabeth Hurley, Really? <laughs> You really need money that bad grammar. I thought you had Frasier residuals from now for the next 40 years. Maybe they just like acting. Would you call Billy Ray Cyrus what he does acting? No. No, I would not. Okay. Just want to check. So that's what I've been up to. And so everybody knows. What have you been up to, Doug? Any news for me? Uh, Not. not, I've not been up to much. Uh, that the audience would care about, but uh, hold I, I on, I, I think there's one thing that needs to be addressed. Yes, we've lost a member of the family. Yes, that is true. Uh, my my dog Jake has passed, and it was it, it was very sad. And with a movie connection, I, I named Jake after Jake Lamata from Raging Bull. So exactly. So I think that's an important piece of news. I mean, let's let them in a bit. Okay. Yeah. He he was a very good boy, and we've we had him for about thirteen years. So, and he was a big dog. Yes. Yeah. He was a golden retriever. So there and might just, be room for some more DVDs in the Hainer household then. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe I, I participated in the uh, Criterion 50% off sale. Oh, at God, oh, no, God right no. So, you never know. Is, is your wife in the background with one of those objects I'm not allowed to touch, like doing some <laughs> weird spell to stop this process? Like cursing me? No. no. I didn't she say that. Me. I was very polite. All my flaws. 
Uh, <laughs> I have many more than you do, so we're Fair. okay. Continuing okay. on, I guess we should discuss movies on the show. Yes. I guess so. Uh, do, do you want to start with uh, a little bit of uh, Hollywood news before we go into our first first film? Yeah, since I never since read it, I, Doug's my news people. Huh? He fills me in on everything. Well, I'll, I'll spoil that the first movie we're going to discuss is Black Adam. But in DC film news, we have new heads of uh, DC Studios. I actually uh, read this one. Aha. James Gunn and Peter Safran are, are now in charge of DC Studios for Warner Brothers. And honestly, I think that's a pretty good, uh, pretty good idea. I'm a big fan of James Gunn, and I can't wait to see what he brings to the DC uh, universe. I 100% agree with you. I think DC needs some kind of change because these films just aren't doing anything for me. So I'm looking forward to this. I think James Gunn will have a vision. I love Peacemaker, which surprisingly I thought would be a big load of crap. So I'm going to give it a shot. You can't do it. I don't want Zack Snyder running this universe. So No, no. I, I, I am not a Zack Snyder fan. And I think James Gunn actually has a love for these characters where Zack Snyder is just kind of nihilistic and wants everything dark and broody and violent. James Gunn brings kind of a, a lighter touch to the violence, let's say. Mr. Mitzelplek has a movie. I'm in. I think he's more a Batmite fan. So, so oh, Batmite's good for me. I'll take Batmite Bat too. I love my imps. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's dive into our first film, Black Adam, directed by Jwami Colette Sarah, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Aldous Hodge, Noah Centennio, Sarah Sahai, Quintessa Swindell, and Pierce Brosnan. Did you now, read... Sorry, I'm going to interrupt you right now on the cast okay. list because this comes in. Liam Neeson was supposed to play Dr. Fate. Really? I did because, not know that. Yes, because the director is best friends with Liam Neeson. He's done all those bad Liam Neeson movies. Okay. They want sense. him to play Dr. Fate, and for some reason it fell through, and Brosnan took over. I didn't mind Brosnan in the role, I'll be honest with you. It, he wasn't my favorite part. Uh, honestly, I think the best part of the movie was Aldous Hodge as Hawkman. Uh, but I'm going to be completely brutally honest here. I did not like this movie. Uh, the longer I sit with it, the less I like it. Uh, I felt it was entirely anticlimactic. Uh, the big fight at the end, it wasn't a fight. It, they, they spent some time, not a lot of time, but some time building up this big uh, demon to fight at the end, and it was over in less than five minutes. It, it was, oh, all right, I'll spoil Black Adam literally just rips his horns off and that's it. It was, I don't know, it anticlimactic, not fun. Uh, it, it felt like it wanted to be Terminator 2 with the kid trying to get Black Adam to, to quip more. Uh, that felt very Terminator 2 to me, but nowhere near as good as Terminator 2. That had James Cameron, uh, a man who actually knows how to make good movies behind it. Uh, yeah, this one just, it, it fell flat for me. It, 
it, it was 10 years past its prime. It, it should have come out at around the same time as Iron Man. Uh, if it did, maybe I would have liked it better because it would have been something new as it stands now. I did not like this movie. I 100% agree with everything you said. It really felt to me like a really big TV show, like a multi. It did shot like a TV show. I felt none of it felt good enough to be a movie. I mean, they spent a ton of money on this CGI, and I'm like, this is boring. Oh, look, it's another CGI. I really felt this is what the CW should pay attention to. Go, guys, this is what you guys should be making, something like this. You know, that's actually going to entertain me because this just feels like a CW show blown up to a big movie. I mean, even the way it starts off, they have this kid rolling on a skateboard. I'm like, that's the CW show right there. And he gets in the car. I'm like, nothing exciting happens forever. Like, literally, the first half an hour, nothing. Just set the story. I'm like, okay. And then they don't really add more characters. Obviously, they bring in the Justice Society. It's supposed to be a big thing. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, who are the Justice? I was thinking to myself, the guy who reads comics, like, who are the Justice Society? I couldn't remember. Like, wasn't that where Wonder Woman gets introduced? And uh, Yeah, they were Green like. Ledger? Yeah, they're the Golden Age uh, Justice League. They were the right. first. So team. introduce them as that. Yeah. And, and like I said, I thought Aldous Hodge as Hawkman, I thought he was the best part of the movie. Uh, I liked his no-kill uh, ethics. Uh, I, I thought he commanded the screen when he was on there. Uh, Pierce Brosnan kind of felt like he was just walking through, just saying his lines. Uh, yeah, I, I thought Dr. Fate looked cool, but didn't really do much with that. He, he wasn't a fun character. No, oh, he had lots to talk about, though. Yeah, but I don't know. It just I agree with not, you. He looked like he was movie. walking through his character. Hawkman was only character. Um, the two new guys, I mean, they didn't really have much to do. They seemed kind of just, again, CW comic reference, like comedic references. <laughs> they didn't seem to do much. Um, I just felt... Why are we spending so much time with this woman and her son and her brother who likes listening to old 70s music? To give audiences a point of view character, I guess, maybe? I don't know. I don't want that. I want brooding Black Adam ripping people apart. Maybe. How How did you feel about the big return of Henry Cavill at the end? We'll see. Yeah, that was a big ho hum for me too. I just, <laughs> just I didn't care. I, I was not a fan of Henry Cavill's previous Superman movies, so seeing him back didn't really do much for me. I like Henry Cavill. That's the thing. I think he hasn't had a good movie yet, and I feel bad for him because I think he looks right for me. No. Okay, when you say he hasn't had a good movie, you mean a Superman movie? Because yeah, Mission Impossible he was in was incredible. No, no, nothing wrong with Superman. That. I'm talking DC okay. Universe movies. Okay, okay, that's fair. I find Black Adam just falls in that usual pile of garbage. It's called DC. Mm-hmm. It's never good. It's just never good. People are like, oh, you hate DC. I said, no, I have a good run of DC comics. I'm a huge Batman fan. And Batman, to me, was right. That's what I expect from Batman. I think this should have had a better... Ending. I just thought the ending was kind of lame. 
Yes. It was you. I get to this big fight scene, and it just looks like a big CGI mess. Constant. Like, is there any real people in this movie? Do they mocap all this? Like, I'm bored. I want more. I want something to happen. And Amanda Waller just seems shoved in this film, literally shoved in. I'm like, yes. why would the JSA be hanging out with Amanda Waller? Did you guys read comics? <laughs> well, you you did get a Henry Winkler cameo that looked like it was literally filmed on an iPhone. I thought it was filmed in my backyard, actually, in a tent. <laughs> uh, this movie's brutal. It just it upsets yeah. me DC can't get their ass together. Well, maybe now with James Gunn and Peter Safran in the lead, they will. Well, maybe they'll bring back my Super, my Wonder Twins movie they canceled. Would that make you smile? I love those stupid, stupid. I've seen every episode of the Super Friends. Okay. And uh, never mind. Continue. <laughs> A but thought I, came to mind, but I'm going to save it for later. Okay. I, I was trying to segue into our next film. Which I know you were. That's why I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> which is actually Smile, directed by Parker Finn, starring uh, Susie Bacon, Kyle Gal- Galner, Jesse T. Usher, Cal Penn, and Robin Weigert. So what did you think of Smile? Surprisingly blew me away how much I like Smile. Really? Absolutely love this kind of basic horror. I really, really like it. I thought the premise worked for me. I thought the bacon related to Kevin Bacon was good. His daughter was excellent. I had a good time watching this. I was shocked how much I enjoyed Smile. It was creepy. I love creepy horror. And I know I'm a creature feature junkie, but this one worked. Demons do work for me, too. Okay. And I, I liked how it... I guess I'm going to spoil this. Screw it. If you haven't seen this, too bad. I like the end a lot. Really like how this ended. I didn't think I would. I just like... My favorite first scene is introducing the character where the smile just shows up and just cuts. And I'm like, I'm in. This is what I wanted Black Book to be. I wanted okay. base, cheap horror, and just amuse me. I thought she was really good. I thought all the interactions, for the most part, with good with people, I really did believe... What was going on? I like when she went to finally to prison to learn what was going on and learn how she had to get rid of it. I'm like, oh, this is dark. I like it. So I really don't have a lot to say. I like the acting. I like the cheapness of it. I mean, there's not a lot of money here. It's a $5 million film, maybe 10 Probably. Which I think it works well, but I think they used her budget very smartly. They don't really show us anything. Everything's really pretty much in your head, and your character mimics the demon for you. And to me, that works really well because they get that. I, they must do some CGI in the smile, I think. When the smile comes Maybe. and the thing goes, that looks like a little bit. But I think that works for me because it makes me think about it. Hey, this could happen to me. It's not like some crazy guy chasing me. This is just something you can't stop. I, I loved it. Love smile. All right. Uh, I am actually on the opposite end of the spectrum I from you. Shocked. I'll be honest. Uh, I... I I'm not usually one to say this, but I got motion sickness with this movie. Oh, I can totally see that. Parker Finn never stopped the camera moving. Uh, Sometimes it works, like if a camera moved on an emotion or something, but to just keep it moving constantly, it just, it didn't do, and it didn't add anything 
for me. Uh, I, I would like to see him maybe direct something more dramatic, less horror, and really concentrate on just doing camera moves when it would enhance the story. Here it felt like he was moving the camera around all the time, and it didn't really add anything for me. Uh, I also felt that there was really no breaks in the tension. It kept like heightening, 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 but there was no comedic uh, moment to make you laugh or anything like that to break the tension. And so by the time it got to the end in the house, I laughed when the actual demon appeared because it was supposed to be frightening. But up until that point, there was no release for the tension. So when you see this CGI creature coming coming after her, I couldn't help but laugh because the movie didn't give me that break previous. So in the most tense, supposed to be terrifying scene at the end, I was laughing. And I, I couldn't help it when the creature is crawling into her mouth. I don't know. I laughed. I know I wasn't supposed to, but I did. Uh, and, and I think that was a flaw in the storytelling. I think you oh, need I, to break the tension. No, I don't think you do. Cause it's like, I got gems to me. There was no break in the tension. It's just films. I like, I love tension in films. I don't but, want this tension to break. I, I would argue that there were breaks in tension in uncut gems. Uh, when when they throw him naked into the trunk of his car during his daughter's uh, performance. I think it was his daughter's performance. It's been a while since I've seen Uncut Gems. But that's a break in the tension. You think they're well, going to kill him, but they just <laughs> – and it's funny that he has to then be naked in his trunk. Hold I, on. Let's back this. There is would, breaks in this tension. When she has conversations with Cal Penn, they're not – tension breaker. She's just expressing how she feels when she's talking to her boyfriend. I wouldn't say those are tension. She's expressing how she feels. She's worried. Well, yeah, but you're not being allowed to break the tension through a but laugh or something like that. There, there's why no, would you want that there's no stuff? release valve. She couldn't. Because she had to deal with her demon. Because for the audience, because if it's just a building of tension, like what happened to me at the end, I just laugh at it because it it's ridiculous by the end. By the end, when you see a CGI creature crawling into her mouth, it's funny to me. It's not scary. I, I think, I don't know, we're going to have to disagree on this one. I okay. think this tension builds perfectly for me. The whole way through the film. I loved it. And I'm not a big... I'm usually the guy on your side. Fair. Which is kind of weird. We've totally flip-flopped on this one. <laughs> but no, I, I quite enjoyed this film. Okay. And um, most people, I find, agree with me for a change, which is kind of weird, Doug. So <laughs> I, I think okay. you were spending too much time with your cursed items in your chest there. Just You can't <laughs> relate to this anymore. I guess not. But yeah, that... It's just the way I feel. I'm I'm fine being on the uh, opposite side of of the masses. What usually is where I hang out. <laughs> well, I, I have no uh, real big uh, way to set up our next movie, but uh, it's R R R. 
directed by S.S. Rajamuli, starring N.T. Rama Rao Jr. and Ram Charan Teha. Uh, oh, I'm sure you got that one right. Um, I, I apologize profusely to these people for, for messing up the pronunciation of their names. But uh, this this movie is one of the bigger movies of the year. I, I, I see a lot of people uh, in in the film industry talking about this movie. So I wanted to watch it and see what everybody was talking about. And I will be honest, I actually really had fun with this movie. Uh, it was three hours long, which... I, I will be the first to admit I am not a fan of three-hour-long movies. Uh, so I did watch this one over a couple nights on Netflix. But I will be honest, it was propulsive. It, it kept going. It uh, The first night I stopped after what I thought would actually be the ending of the movie when they do the siege on the governor's mansion. I, I thought that would be the end of the movie that was just the halfway mark. Uh, I was like, how are they going to follow up that? And they did. They, they had enough story for another hour and a half after that. Uh, I, I found myself really liking this movie. I, I thought the visuals were very... Uh, sorry, I apologize. There's cats fighting under me on the couch right now. So I apologize window. if you hear some uh, crazy animals. Uh, but anyway, back to RRR. I loved it. I, I thought it was really fun. Uh, but yeah, the visuals, I thought, uh, he literally throws a jaguar at a dude at one point, And that just made me so happy. Uh, I, I really loved this movie. Um, I got to say, when you put this on the list, my eyes rolled my head. I've been avoiding it forever. I'm like, oh, Doug made me watch this. I, gotta, I just got to get through this. Friggin' loved it. Opening scene, I was in. When the guy just fights 20 guys and gets to him, like, I'm in. This is my kind of movie. I thought it just kept going. And you're right. The build just keeps building and building. And I'm like, no way. This is a, oh, my God. This is so good. It just pulls me in. I start liking these characters. I, and at one point, I want this film to end. I'm like at the two-hour mark. I'm like, where are we going? I still have another hour? And then my favorite scene of the movie happens. The zoo comes to town. Yes. Oh, we've never seen anything like that. That is freaking insane. Uh, things, and the thing is, they're not like those animals are just going nuts on everybody. Just eating people, killing me. I'm like, that's nuts. Absolutely crazy. And I like the two storylines. I like the dancing, which I didn't think I was really going to get into. It's an Indian film. They have to have dancing. But it kind of worked. I'm like, okay, I'm going to give this credit. I'm into this. Um, and that last scene is just nuts. The very last scene of the film with a, is just in crazy insane. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know what, guys? You win. This is one of my favorite movies of the year. It's got action, a love story, dancing. I'm in. I, I can't describe how much I fell in love with this film after watching it. It's just, I probably need to rewatch it because there's so much going on. Yes. Yes. I thought the twist at the end was good that I didn't really believe was going to come. Mm -hmm. And it just, it keeps building. I mean, 
that English general, you hate him by the end of this film. Like, well, and that's the thing. He he's he's played by Ray Stevenson, and it took me two hours into a three-hour movie to recognize the one actor I would recognize from anything else. And but he doesn't look at all like away. Ray Stevenson. Nothing like Ray Stevenson. They really have him buried in stuff. Yes. But I love the love story. I like the crossover with the love and this and that. And, I, and even the history lessons worked for me. Where they're giving me the past, how things worked. <laughs> and I'm just like, I, I agree with you. I thought the film was going to end around the two-hour mark. I go, oh, this kind of works at the end. But he had to fulfill the prophecy that he gave us earlier on. I'm like, oh, my God, this thing just keeps going. But, yeah, I have to agree. I don't know who these actors are, but they're wonderful. I would actually do another and, and I will film be honest, with them. I, I did kind of – I know this is a cultural thing that Indian films end with a big dance number at the end. But I was trying to imagine what would happen if Kurosawa decided to end Seven Samurai with with a big dance number. And it just made me laugh. That is true. I don't think Kurosawa <laughs> would want to film a dance number. It might be more of an Ozu no. thing. Okay. And, I mean, I can't see Kurosawa. Kurosawa is so intense. Like, he doesn't really – you say about tension. He doesn't let up on tension a lot either. Kurosawa is a very tension builder. Uh, Ozu might have – it would be the craziest – Ozu wouldn't go with a dance number this level. It would be like two people quietly dancing. And he would do a slow fade and have the sun or moon coming in on them. It would just be the most beautiful dance number you've ever seen in your life. And he would just fade to credits. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, I wish we could say more, but there's really nothing to say. It's your basic action film just with really good dialogue, a really good backstory, and some great dance numbers and acting. I mean, I don't know what we can say yeah. about this. And the visuals too. I mean, it, my wife came in from, uh, she was going for a walk. And when she comes in, it, it was the scene. Uh, I think it was, uh, uh, Rama's backstory where, uh, the British army is surrounding him and his father and they're coming in. And she's like, wow, this is like visually just like super impressive. I mean, it's a great movie. I, I I can't state how fantastic this movie was, and I'm glad I finally watched it. You know what it is in that scene? It's the lighting is beautiful. I don't know if it's, it's all shot outside. They must have shot, like, I'm guessing 10 to 11 a.m., maybe later, but it's just beautiful. Very well lit. And yes. the thing about this movie that I think we like it so much, there's so many extras. We don't get that in films nowadays. We don't get, like, none of this felt like a scenery painted or anything. When we saw, ah, oh, I cannot remember that big war film I saw a little while ago that had scenery painted on the beach. Not Normandy, you know what I'm talking about. I don't The remember. British director, doesn't matter. Definitely. Not a big issue. I'm just saying, everybody here had something to do. <laughs> Even the little girl that got kidnapped had something to do. The one that's in love with the Indian guy had something to do. <laughs> And they, nothing seemed to be wasted in this film. And I think that's why we all fall in love with it, because we don't see this often. Yes. 
So, I don't know. I liked it. Go see it. It's on my top ten list for sure. All right. So, maybe you're saying Lou will not be on your top ten list. Uh, Directed by Anna Forster, starring Allison Janet, Journey Smollett, Logan Marshall Green, uh, Ridley, Asha Bateman, and Matt Craven. I'll say it right uh, now. Okay. Netflix release, which is what you're about to say. And no, this will not be on my top ten list. Fair. Yeah, to me, this was just a very generic action film. Uh, But they kind of gender-swapped Liam Neeson out and put in uh, Allison Janney in the Liam Neeson role. Uh, It was fine for what it was. If you're looking to take a hour and a half off from your brain and just put something stupid on, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, it, it it's a generic action film I've seen hundreds of times. Probably Commando, I would say, is the best of them. Uh, a parent going after a kidnapped kid is is what I would put it in. So I would say Commando, my favorite of that genre. But yeah, aside from that, it, it's generic, it's fine, it won't actively make you stupid, but it won't actively make you intelligent either. Well, there's a little bit more to it. I thought it was well shot. I got to give this credit. I like the settings. I like the color, the usage of color in this film. I was kind of shocked. It's very dark all the time, but it works. With that storm coming in, it. and I really don't feel that this film gives you a sense of hope. But the problem is they're just... Not very exciting characters. Even Lou kind of bores you. You're like, oh, okay. And Joey Samet, she's supposed to be the new hot actress, I read, but I don't see any of that here in any way. Maybe it's the, the script didn't help her out, but nothing. It's very generic. You're right. These characters we've seen a hundred times. You know, I did like a little bit of the plot twist. I'm not going to ruin this one because I think people should actually get some enjoyment. One plot twist was good. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Okay. You know, the I think one I'm I know. Yes, and, and I did like that. I would like to know a little bit more about the document she stole. Like, <laughs> help me out. Why they care so much? How many <laughs> years later it's been? They haven't replaced these. Oh, we need those. <laughs> really? Ten years later, you really need these still? And they seem more interested in finding her than him. Yes. And I'm kind of like, oh, okay. Well, you haven't seen anything? No, I haven't seen anything. Oh, okay. I just thought this film just fumbles around a lot. Yeah, I I also kind of wish that uh, he had more henchmen. So that way that there could be more, you, you could see Lou be more badass. She was badass in that one scene in the cabin with the two guys. Yes, I, she's I, good I, that one. I, I kind of wanted to see her kick a little more ass. So I kind of wish she had more henchmen like, you know, like a Schwarzenegger bad guy would have, an entire army. And I, I would have liked to have seen Lou mow down an army. I think she could have, actually. I give that character full credit. I think she could have. I just think that was budgetary constraints in this film. I think it was done very much on a shoestring budget. I think we see that with the basic locations, basic plot, basic dialogue. And other than, like I said, I'll give the director credit for locations and getting the most out of this. And without our lead actress, this movie would stink. 
Yeah. Like, I think maybe Howie Barry, if she didn't take it, Howie Barry would have showed up and that just would have driven this right into the dirt. <laughs> All right. So, so would you say there was a breakdown in uh, the casting of this movie? Yes, I would say there okay. was a breakdown in the casting of this movie. All right. So our, our last movie uh, that we will discuss on this episode is Breakdown, uh, directed by Jonathan Mostow, starring Kurt Russell, J.T. Walsh, Kathleen Quinlan, and M.C. Ganey. And this is a blast from the past for me. I got to tell people a story. Even Doug does not know the story. This is pretty much came out, I think, when we started Extra Features, right around the beginning. And I saw this, and I think Ebert was still alive, too. I, I remember watching a review of Roger Ebert going, this is the worst piece of crap he's ever seen. He discussed that. So I said, don't self, don't watch Breakdown. And it was so funny <laughs> when you put it on the list. I'm like, oh, my God. That's a movie from way back when, when I started watching every movie on the planet. This came out. And for some reason, I didn't watch it. Now I would. So, yeah. So I'm watching Breakdown, and I'm sitting there going, yep. I have to 100% agree with everything Roger Ebert said about many years ago. Really? This is so bad, Doug. Terrible. Oh, I love it. Oh, I knew you were going to love this. I go, he's <laughs> putting this on to torture me just to see how upset I'll get. This is so bad. This plot makes basic sense. I'm like, it's like watching Lou, but of trucking kidnapping. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I, I liked it. I, I thought it was. Uh... Uh, an adult thriller, like they don't really make those anymore. It, it, this one wasn't trying to go for all four quadrants. It, it was just an adult thriller. I thought JT Walsh as, as the bad guy, I thought he gave a fantastic performance. Oh, I love JT uh, Walsh. I do have a JT Walsh story, but I'll get to it later. Okay. But yeah, I, I, I I will be honest. I, I love this movie. I, I love Kurt Russell. The, this time of Kurt Russell's career around, you know, Tango and Cash came out around this time. Uh, this was after he had worked with Carpenter. So I, I don't know. I loved it. I, I thought this was a great movie. Oh, uh, just come on. J.T. Walsh is the best actor in this film. It really shows. Kurt well, Russell yeah. is doing his best. It's just, it makes no sense to me. Nobody believes Kurt Russell. Oh, your wife wasn't here. I'm like, oh my God, I can't take any more of this. I just felt it was a lot of, they were putting up barricades for Kurt Russell so he could find something to do. And I'm thinking to myself, in reality, his wife is gone. He's never finding her again. No, probably not. And I like that the cop didn't believe him until actually confronted with one of the bad guys, then the cop starts to believe him. I I like that aspect of it, and, and I like that the bad guys killed the cop, or I guess you don't know if the cop is dead or not, but... A cop is dead. But I, I don't know. I loved it, and I also... It reminded me, it took me back to the time when even a minor traffic collision will cause a car to explode. And I, it just brought me back to that time. I love it. So you like cheesy 80s movies. Is that what I'm supposed to understand? Like Tango and Cash would be up there for you? Tango and I, – I mentioned Commando in the previous movie. Yeah. Oh, I love 80s action films. They're terrible. I didn't say they weren't. I just said I love them. Okay. I'm going to try to tell my story very quickly. So I went to meet Billy Bob Thornton because he was doing some music thing. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, 
And, you know, we're waiting for Billy Bob to show up. We're waiting. And guess who gets off the bus? J.T. Walsh. I'm like, I have nothing for J.T. Walsh. He writes J.T. Walsh. I'm losing my crap on J.T. Walsh. He's like, oh, nice to meet you. too. Sorry, MC Mate. Sorry, not J.T. MC Gainey. Okay. That's right. I don't know why I said J.T. Walsh. I never got to meet J.T. Walsh. MC Gady, sorry, this is why, because the character actor is in my head. Doesn't matter. MC Gady gets off the bus, which is basically JT Walsh's equivalent nowadays. And I lost my crap on him. I'm like, oh my God, I love you. You're amazing. And he's like, oh, thanks, guys. It's that. So, yeah. So, that's sorry. I didn't have a JT Walsh story. I had an MC Gady story. I got confused. I'm old. What can I say? I actually I have a very quick MC Gady story as well, actually, believe it or not. Go ahead. Uh, we have about a minute before our time runs out, but I was at the airport picking up my mother and I just see this guy struggling with a couple of a uh, couple of suitcases coming down the aisle. It was MC Ganey. I was just like, oh, hey, man, I'm watching Twin Peaks right now. He's like, thanks. And that was it. That was the whole story. That was the whole interaction. So looking back, since we're off this weird tangent about character <laughs> actors, do you find that you get really excited when you see a character actor you love? Oh, absolutely. I, that That's one of the things about being a movie fan, I think, is you find these guys in small roles, and then whenever they show up in other things, you're like, oh, this is going to be good because this person is fantastic in these types of roles. Okay. I bring this up because I was watching Cozy Christmas in the other night. Okay. And this guy shows up like, I know him. I know that guy. Where do I know him from? Driving my rack in my brain. Cannot think of it up. So at the end of the movie, I look him up. He was on House. He was okay. one of the supporting doctors on House. I'm like, I knew I knew that guy. And I think, I think I'm watching these Christmas movies more for myself, who I can recognize. Like, not the main people, the, the bottom people. Because these people just pop up in all these movies all the time. So, Doug, I did ask for a new segment. I don't know if you're going to give it to me about discussing crap I've watched. Maybe VOD trash would probably be a good thing. So I did want to bring up a film I watched called Enforcer. If I had my phone on me, I'd tell you who's in it, but I I just can't remember. So it's 2022 Enforcer. Oh, Antonio Banderas. Okay. Is in it. I think that was the biggest guy in it. So this is the end of Antonio's career, right? You know, you go. <laughs> so I said, I read okay reviews. I'm like, really? I don't mind Antonio. I'll give this a shot. Well, this is what happens in the VOD movie to Antonio now. He doesn't do anything. He just plays like the mean guy, you know, and he has a young guy who's like built the crop that does all the work for him. So I'm watching this. It's your basic crime movie. Do you know what I mean? The guy's trying to break into with Tony Soprano. That's really the whole film. Shot very grainy, very dark. I think it takes place in Miami. You know? And I, I finished it and go, you know what? That wasn't terrible. Okay. I, I guess, So I'm giving Forrester a 4 out of 10. I just want people to know I do watch different things that we don't do in the show. So this is a little quick segment on Forrester. I thought it was well shot. There's very basic plot, so don't expect a lot. Dialogue, again, very basic. But if you need something to watch, it's having a breakdown on a Friday night. This might suit your thing. I'm not saying it's going to blow you away. But I'm saying 
it looks well shot. He's got a bit of an issues on the editing, I find, in this and that, but I'm going to give um, Enforcer a 4 out of 10. Might be worth watching for you. All right. And I think that's that's all she wrote for this episode. You didn't buy anything? Oh, well, if you want to get into it, why, yes, I did. I did participate. Well, I, I thought that was the beginning of the show. <laughs> yes. That was my lead in to bring that up. Yes. All right. Well, we have uh, – I did participate in the 50% off Criterion sale at uh, hey, Barnes hey, & hey, so. There's a 50% off sale. Do you need anything? <laughs> did I miss that text or email? Like You might have. Oh, I don't know. Possibly. <laughs> But let's see, uh, for the next episode, we will be discussing David Lynch's Lost Highway in Glorious 4K. I did not uh, watch it in Glorious 4K. Do you have a 4K player? Yes, I do. I do not yet. Uh, let's see, it's hard to see, but it's called Cure. It's a 1997 Japanese horror film. Not surprised. I've never heard of it. One I, I can't wait to watch. I haven't seen yet. Arsenic and Old Lights. I have seen it. I'm going through uh, – I've seen a bunch of Cary Grant stuff recently. Oh, so the king of Cary Grant's right here. To. I think I'm down about 10 films if nice. I can find them. I have to check my letterbox. I haven't actually looked at it. Maybe I'm very close to being done. Okay. I went through a Cary Grant phase about ooh, five, six years ago and just plowed through every Cary Grant film. Okay. So I bring Cary Grant on anytime. <laughs> I will. Let's see. We got Eve's Bayou. Uh, weird. I watched it last year. Okay. Uh, I'll just do that, two. The, hang on. Uh, Back to these bio. There's a film nobody even knows exists. Yeah, I I, I knew it for uh, Sam Jackson. It was around the time when Sam, I think it was around Pulp Fiction, when people started seeing him as more than just a character actor for small roles. So that's where that's where I knew Eve's Bayou from. Yep. Big film, too. A lot of people love Eats by and I've never seen yeah. it. And uh, I, I think, actually, Journey Smollett is the uh, the young girl in this. Oh, could be. She is. She is. Uh, and then just two final ones. Uh, these will definitely be coming up in future episodes. Uh, Letter Never Sent. Never heard of it. And The Cranes Are Flying, both directed by uh, Mikhail Kaladazov, uh, a Russian director, and I've heard that these movies are stunningly beautiful to watch. So I, I can't I, say I know anything about those two. Sorry, yeah. I'm, I'm good, but my I will say, if people want to hammer me on films, Ford's the way to go. I'm working on my Ford. I'm trying to watch more, but I just go through periods I don't want to watch it. I'm in that period right now. I'm just like, eh, I'd rather sit and watch VOD trash. So. That's just the way it goes. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to us, as always. Before we go, we have a Patreon at Extra Features on Patreon somewhere. There's a bunch of tiers. You can get on for a buck. Come on. We're worth a buck, I think. Please give us a review on iTunes if you haven't had one in a while. Or send us an email and say how much I suck. And I'm good with that, too. And that's it. If they make it. I'll buy it on the 50% off Criterion sale. <laughs>